I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Vera. Michele, what's up? Well, summer is here, finally, uh, in Italy. Um, this morning, I was out running at 7 a.m. and it was like already above 90 degrees. Oh, it's, boy. Yeah. It's super duper hot. It's where, it's where we've been for a minute. Just unbearably hot. Where if you don't mow your yard before like 8 a.m., you're just, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, so, it's the 10-year anniversary of the decision with LeBron James. Lots of people have been talking about it. Some articles have been written about it on theathletic.com. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. Uh, but McKelly... Where where do you remember where you were during the decision or or what uh what what happened whenever you you found out about it? Well, first of all, in 2010, I was not into the NBA as much as I am now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I was following. It was bizarre to me that like three players would join forces uh, into one. Um, I was more like into EuroLeague and European basketball, and I didn't have the league pass back then. So it was not as important as like, I don't know, 4th of July 2016. Um, but And I definitely don't remember where I was that day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was probably doing some like summer exam or whatever, like... I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it surely was important. And um, I think it was the beginning of a new era. And I don't know if LeBron anticipated that the NBA would change that much after his decision. Or if he did anticipate that, if he even cared. Um, yeah. yeah. I, the- I, think he, I think it was definitely intentional. I think that he, mm-hmm. he wanted... I think he wanted the players to take back their power away from franchises. And mm-hmm. uh, I would say he's been very successful in that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it really changed the landscape of the league. I, I think that uh, on one hand, uh, when you have like huge rivalries and, and players that face each other many, many times, it adds something to the sport. And I don't think we will ever have that again. Um, I, I used to follow soccer a lot during like my early ages when I was like in high school and whatever. Um, and that was part of, of the beauty of the game. Like, did you have, you had like players that were just one Jersey for their entire lives and they were the symbol of that, of that, the team and you, you kind of like the team and the person were interchangeable. And now it's not like that. It's not like that even in soccer where like good players like move around a lot these days. So it's just like an evolution of sport that I like because like everyone should be free to go work wherever they like, wherever he wants. But, but still, um, 
I think that some sometimes I feel about I feel a little bit of nostalgia for the old times where like you can you had players that were basically uh, the franchise, and I'm not sure that we will ever get back to that. Yeah, I I think that it it will it just kind of remains to be seen <laughs> if guys will will become that. I think it depends on who who it is and where they land and things like that. I think a lot of it hinges on Giannis, honestly. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of people think Giannis will leave, but what if Giannis stays? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I expect him to leave, but (laughs) (laughs) is that that just what I've been conditioned to believe? I don't know. I think that, that he, he has, he has a lot to do with it. And, you know, but but players moving around does provide a lot of content, a lot of a lot of fun uh, yeah. for for NBA watchers and uh, observers. So I think it's I think it's good um, overall for the product. Uh, it does it does stink to have your team change so much all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was nice. I think it was really nice for Thunder fans to have a consistent team for almost a decade. And I tweeted that four years ago, I mean, this team changed dramatically, obviously, with Kevin Durant. That's another anniversary that we have on July 4th is the the anniversary of Kevin Durant leaving OKC. Uh, But there's only two guys left from that team. That's four years ago. Yeah. And one of them is Andre Robertson, who may or may not play in Orlando. And so it really is just Steven Adams that's left. From that yeah. team, which just feels crazy because during that era, I mean, the, there was little turnover. There would you'd yes. change out a role player here or there. You'd have Anthony Morrow for a Daquan Cook or, you know, Randy Foy for Derek Fisher. I mean, like those are the kind of changes that you're making and they draft a young guy and, and maybe they would turn out like a Reggie Jackson did. But for the most part, you try to keep the same team together and... Yeah. Then in four years' time, I mean, things have changed a lot, and they will continue to change a lot for this team. This is, I think, this is one of the important reasons why Sam Presley wants to build through the draft, and I think it's important for a franchise like the Thunder, a small market, to build through the draft. Is that you do have an opportunity to keep these guys for eight years or more, and you really get a chance to know who they are. You get a chance to have them grow up in your city and kind of build with it. And Russell Westbrook wanted to be here. He wanted to stay here. Yeah. And as long as they were a championship contender, he wanted to be here. And unfortunately, the Thunder found themselves in a position where Paul George wanted to to leave. Actually, fortunately, that he at the the timing because they've got tremendous assets for him. But mm-hmm. I think that you can have the same hope for a guy like Shea. And guys that they have that they can get in the draft in the future. That listen, they they do have control of these players' contracts for a, a large amount of time. Could they force their way out? Sure, we've seen that happen. Paul George was here to stay, and then he was gone very quickly. But younger players, I, I think that I think that that player empowerment largely happens after your second deal. Yeah, and. I think it's a it's an important reason why you want to build the draft. That's why you don't want to get a Devin Booker. Who Devin Booker's on a second deal already. I know it's a long longer deal, 
But he's on his second deal already. Carl Anthony Towns, he's on his second deal already. Those yeah. are those are guys that once you get to that level, and if you're a really good player, you typically move around or you typically try to get wherever you want to go, and that is usually on the coast. So, yeah, unless by taking a guy like uh, we discuss a lot of times Ben Simmons, if you take a guy like that, mm-hmm. uh, you bank on the fact that by like middle like two three years you are contending for real mm-hmm. like if you have a plan in place where you can see like ben sim being the perfect player for it and it, it, even if you have to like draft the player it would be that kind of player then i think it makes sense but but yeah it adds uh less team control to the equation uh i always wonder well not always i I was wondering like one of these days while outside um watching like the last dance it seems that jerry Krause was one of the worst gm in in the entire uh world like he was treated like one for sure Mm -hmm. by his by by his uh players and then like fast forward to 2010 like if LeBron James had a GM that could put him into the same situation like Jordan, we don't even have like the decision because like put your best player in, in a position to succeed early in his career was what made Jerry Krause one of the best GM of the of the NBA. Because, yes, he had Jordan and Jordan was the best player that ever played the game or like one of the top two, top, I don't know, whatever, it's your opinion, it's fine. Uh, LeBron James didn't have that. Like, yeah. Cleveland was not in the same place and was <laughs> not nearly as talented as Chicago when when Jordan was in his prime. No. There was nothing in the horizon for, for Jordan. And so I wonder if the Cleveland situation actually helped um, player being basically their own GM because mm-hmm. LeBron, yes, wanted to play with his friends, but he wanted to win. He wanted to put himself in the best position to win because his GM at the time could not do that. And so he basically manufactured a trade, uh, a signing trade and salary reduction, whatever, in order to be in a position to win. Like Jordan never had to do that. There was like enough talent around him to like to be able to win. And so I always wonder if, like, yes, it's empowering the players, but also players realizing that their own GM was not able to put them in a position to succeed. And there was another easier way out. Uh, and KD in, in 2016 is basically the same. I mean, Sam did a lot to put them in a position to succeed and oh, injury yeah. injury got in the, into the way many times. But like going to Golden State was the easiest path to win the title. Mm-hmm. And it did. So... I wonder if that is just like being aware that the easiest way to, to put yourself in the best position to succeed, which is something that every human being would want to do with their job, uh, is just like go wherever you want with your friends, with your like with the best talent around you. Mm-hmm. So I think yep. we should reevaluate it, Jerry Krause many times because he really did an amazing job. Yes, Jordan won his titles, but... With no Pippen, with no Horace Grant, with no Dennis Rodman, there is no such thing as the Michael Jordan that we know. Probably we would have had like another version of Jordan, like an extremely great version of Jordan, but maybe not six titles. 
Here are the top five players in minutes played for the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2009-2010 season. Number one, LeBron James. Ilgauskas. I know. Okay. Number two, Mo Williams. Yeah. Number three, Anthony Parker. Yeah. The guy he was that played- good in the EuroLeague, though. He was very, very good. One of the best, like, players that ever play in Europe. Only yeah. scored 595 points that season. <laughs> and he played the third most minutes on the team. Anderson Barajal and J.J. Hickson. Wow, J.J. Hickson. Wow. Number five on that list. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, he how, took that team to... I mean... They didn't go to the finals that year, but I mean, goodness no. gracious, like that. Yeah, yeah you're going to leave. Yeah, yeah you're going to sure. leave. And they had Antron Jameson. They traded for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, but nobody, nobody very good. I mean, he made Mo Williams an all-star under yes. any other circumstances. Mo Williams is never an all-star. Never, yeah. ever. Yeah. No, but he was with LeBron. He was with LeBron. It's it's completely insane. It's it's om, like a good comp for like the OKC uh, like for OKC team is Russell Westbrook bringing the 2016-17 team to the finals. Yeah, because yeah. I, I would say that that team was more talented around Westbrook than LeBron's. Yeah, no. Or, yeah, or it's, it's 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 really similar. So it's say similar. Western Conference yeah. Final for Westbrook, uh, and it, and that team was nowhere near. And it was mainly because the talent around him was not good enough. But boy, oh boy, LeBron brought basically by himself that team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Uh, on the other hand, Kevin Durant on his team. That he left in 2016. He had Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams, Dion Waiters is in the top yeah. five for minutes played. But man, just having Russell Westbrook and Serge Ibaka on there, let alone yeah. Stephen Adams. I mean, give me a break. And that was and, yeah, and Oladipo and Sabonis for the next year. Not exactly no, not, not Ibaka anymore, but like I, we will always wonder what that team could do, like the team with uh, Westbrook, um, Oladipo, Durant, Adams, and, and Sabonis. And Al Horford. That, well, even even without him. But they had like, him. But they had him. They had a trade for Ennis. They were going to make that happen. It was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's, 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 <laughs> it's just stupid. It is very stupid. Hey, fellas. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining and it's time to get Manscaped. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. That includes an essential lawnmower 3.0. That's waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. I own the Lawnmower 3.0, and it is a great product. The thing has a light on it for accurate grooming, and it's just a a really well-made product. It is great. And inside the Perfect Package, 
You'll find Manscaped's Crop Preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day long. So make sure you use that. And also make sure that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They're good. I really, I've got some. Uh, and I wear them and they're wonderful. So make sure that you get some too and go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. Something that isn't stupid is that the Thunder are going to play some scrimmages, which will be nice to see them on the floor again. I assume that we'll be able to see them. There's been no release on if these will be televised, where they'll be televised. I think this could be a sim- similar to kind of how we've had to watch Summer League perhaps in the past where they're broadcast even on Facebook. Uh, or something to that degree. So I would I would guess that we will hear Michael Cage in your ears again pretty soon. Uh, so on July 22nd is when all the scrimmages start. The Thunder's first scrimmage is on Friday the 24th. They play the Boston Celtics at 5 o'clock. Their next game is against the Philadelphia 76ers on July 26th. This one is at noon. And then their final scrimmage is on July 28th, which is a Tuesday against the Portland Trailblazers at 6 p.m. So thoughts on the scrimmage, thoughts on their opponents in the scrimmage? Well, at least two of them would be, I think, extremely interesting because I would really like to see Boston play early and see mm-hmm. how they go in terms of chemistry, in terms of improvement for Jason Tatum, Tatum especially. And, and I, I think that it's good for KC to face a team like that that is uh, wing heavy um, because it's a good training for at least two teams that they will likely have to face if they if they are to advance to the um, to anything meaningful in the playoffs, uh, meaning the Clippers and the Rockets, because like Boston has a lot of talent in the wings, and so it's good for them to face uh, a team like that uh, early on. And I'm very very curious to see the Blazers play, uh, to see Zach Collins, Melo, and and Nurkic in at the same time on the court, and see how they guard pick and roll against Chris Paul. That is, yeah. that I, I really want to see that <laughs> happening. Um, I just want to see like three big men against three point guards yeah. and see what it's like. Because that specific um, construction is similar to the one that the Lakers have. Uh, the Lakers really like to play big. And so it's another good training for OKC. Um Especially on defense, because one of the things that we will uh, discuss in a minute is how the how OKC plays defense against a big team like the Lakers, and that I think is one of the problems that OKC could face uh, in the postseason. And to a lesser degree, the Blazers have well, they, they have the same construction, less talent, um, but 
but it poses similar issues. So I'm really curious to see these two games and see how OKC adapts, who guards Melo, who is the, the undersized uh, guard who takes a big man as an assignment and how that goes. Yeah, I think it's it will be fascinating. And I, I like that they're all quality opponents, mm-hmm. but that they don't sprinkle in a San Antonio or Phoenix or somebody like that to start. It's mm-hmm. it's it'll be nice to see real opponents trying to to really see what you got. And obviously these aren't games that you're like pushing to win, but mm-hmm. I, I think it is important to see what guys look like getting out on the court again. I mean, Billy said it yeah. the, to the media the other day that he doesn't as a coach, I don't really know what this team looks like. And I think that's right. I th- I think that there's there's a lot to learn once once we get back and Andre Robertson's a part of that, and I think these games are also important for Andre that if they get back in practice and they actually deem him, uh, say that he's ready to go, then yeah, you need to see what he looks like. I mean, the last time that we saw him, he was playing with Melo. Yeah, so it's insane. <laughs> so let's let's see what he looks like, and they, I mean, unfortunately, you may find that he can't play. That he's that they'd rather play Baisley, and if you're really if you're thinking about long term, if you think about a team that's building through the draft, I mean, wouldn't you want to play Darius Baisley, anyways? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm team. Let's play the rookies, and but but if Dre is in any sort of uh, shape that allows him to be on the court, especially in specific situations. Uh, then it probably makes sense to give him some reps because like veterans like Andre are important for a team period. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of stuff that Andre could teach the young players and having like a guy who demands, I don't know, 10 minutes on the court, who is a specialist who can, again, teach you how to do stuff on the defensive end, which is the hardest part for a rookie. Uh, it's, it's good. So, I don't know if Andre would be uh, amenable to like um, a two, three year deal, like low, low level money. I don't know, three, four millions a year just to stick around and to be a presence in the locker room and a good player whenever he's called upon. I think that these games are important as well, Uh, but only in that, like if you know that you have a future with Andre, if Andre says, well, let's play, but this is this is it. I'm I'm not gonna stick around. I, I just want to go somewhere else. Then, then it's probably DNP for me. And I think mm-hmm. that Pressy is smart enough to have these kind of discussions already with Andre. And the fact that he's back with the team at least gives this idea a chance. I don't know how how real it is because like people can change their mind pretty quickly. But but I'm hopeful to first that Andre is well enough to play, and second that you stick around because I remember the jump that Ferguson did from year one to year two defensively and I think that Andre is behind that at least in part because you can you can watch the two play defense and you can see the exact same movements mm-hmm. um, and so yeah yeah I think it'll be important and so and so far we haven't heard of any positive COVID tests I know that there's been several teams the Bucks had to shut down their facility um, due to some positive tests for COVID and so far the Thunder have held and haven't, haven't had any positive tests since 
at least since June 23rd. <laughs> Again, is the if you listen Friday, it's uh that's the way that it was worded. So, and that's good. I think that ho- hopefully the Thunder don't have any going into the bubble, and they can actually establish the bubble. I mean, that's that's the most important thing. If you're wondering, like, what's the most important thing? Heading into Orlando, the most important thing is that they get there and nobody has it. And that's the that's the most important thing right now. If you want to see NBA basketball, that's what we're rooting for right now. Is that they can get there and nobody has it. And so I think that you have to have three consecutive negative tests in order to get on that plane and go down to Walt Disney World. And I think that's good. I think there there are players that that won't that won't qualify and that'll have to stay back. Yeah. And, and, and join so, the team later. Join the team later or just stay home. Yeah. Yep. So, so I think I think it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how they do it. There are other leagues around the world that have tried the bubble approach and it it's working. And it's working largely due to the fact that they are they have high regulations on players and what they can and can't do. And so this the Chinese basketball league is working and this this league can work too, but we need we need high compliance levels. And I think yeah. it's already been established that media members that are going and it's very very few that will be allowed to go there. One it's few because it costs like $500 a day to be there as a, as an individual media member. And oh. there are a few outlets that want to send more than one person. I think ESPN's only sending one. Uh, I, the Athletic will have somebody there, which will be interesting. I don't know if they'll. I think they. I'm not exactly sure how many will will be there, but it's uh, it's expensive, and the routine is hotel, bus, arena, bus, hotel. And that's what it will yeah. be for three months. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's it. They're not, the media members are not allowed anything else other than, than those three locations. And so that's, I mean, it, it will be really interesting. I mean, if I had a chance, I would not go if I had a chance to go. But I mean, I think that it's a, a once in a lifetime type of experience that you get to have is that I was actually in the bubble. And I got to go watch the games, and I mean, it's a it's a basketball junkie's dream, really, that you yeah. get to just every day just go down to an arena and just watch the best players in the world play all day. I mean, it would be it'd be great, uh, but I think there there definitely is something to being away from your family for such a long time, and I and I feel for the athletes and the media members and the the people that are going, you know. The guys that are going from the Thunder that aren't playing, you know, I feel for those guys that it, they're they're going to be there and they're going to be working just for three months straight. So uh, it'll certainly be an experience and and hopefully one that we only have to live <laughs> this year. Uh, I'm yeah. very intrigued as to how they move forward after this. I really I think that the bubble can work. Uh, I'm maybe a little bit more concerned about how things work after the bubble for the 2021 season. I'm a little bit concerned about that, but that's still, there's still so much up in the air. Things change so rapidly that it's, 
it's hard to say or to to say that it won't work in the future but i'm it's uh something that 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 we just don't know we don't know i th- i th- i think that the bubble has a chance to work though and i think that they're following all the right protocols i think the testing daily is very important and i think mm-hmm. that they're going to give themselves the best chance to to play ball yeah on the basketball junkie dream scenario like that is basically summer league without vegas at night yeah um and that is like quite depressing um i i, I basically experienced that two years ago uh i'm not like a party guy so i was not out until late hours uh, anyway but like for a week it's a dream like you can wake up like watch films go by 11 11 to the gym watch 10 hours of basketball have a quick dinner go home that's it but after a week you start to, to say like to yourself do i have to get more of this so Free month for a media member in the bubble is absurd. <laughs> I don't know how mm-hmm. they how, how can they live through that. You have to be a pro. You have to be an extreme pro. Um, but yeah, and for players will be the same. I mean, especially the first part where they are alone in their room. I mean, there are people on Twitter saying, especially here in my country, like commenting on like players being worried about their mental health, their, about the fact that they have to be there uh, for three months without their loved ones. We don't know if like things deteriorated a bit, if the NBA will allow other, other people into the bubble. So, and I, I think it's very serious. Like yeah. three months in isolation is tough. It's tough with your family. We experienced that in Italy when COVID was ramping up. We basically had to stay home with like no human contact besides our family. And so and that was hard. And we had our family there and we could go outside to take like some fresh air. I like it's it's serious. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's wise nor like uh, nor I should like I advise people to, to say, well, they are millionaires. Who cares? No, no, they are people. And yeah. there are serious implication about like being in a very tough environment for three months. I don't care about like the amenities that hotels will surely have. It's 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 complicated. And so yeah. I don't think that we should take that lightly. It's it's a real concern. And I'm, I'm sure the NBA is taking all the measures to give players support and to and all these sort of things. Yeah. Well, they sure took away doubles ping pong, which might really just really push somebody over the edge. <laughs> yeah. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the US have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major US cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, 
Romans Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you've struggled with ED, go to getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Let's jump to our next segment. We're going to rank the Western Conference teams in order of first, the team that the Thunder want to play the least, and then all the way down to, I don't know how many teams we'll discuss. I've, I've got several teams on here um, that they would want to play the most. And so let's, uh, let's start with, I think the easiest way to start is talking about the teams that they... <laughs> That they don't want to play, and that those are the those are the easiest ones. At least the top two are definitely the easiest. But who is the team the Thunder don't want to play the most, Michele? Uh, disclaimer: This is Andrew really trying to to use the like to to create the dream scenario no. without mentioning without mentioning the dream scenario. I won't say the words. You you can say the words all you want. You can say them, but yeah. uh, I will not. Uh, so to be clear, we are just discussing Eastern Com- um, Western Conference team, yes. Um, right? Yes. Um, so number one to me is, and I had to think about it because it's not obvious to me. Uh, it's the it's the Lakers. Yeah, and it's the Lakers to me because of the things that we were discussing uh, ten minutes ago about the matchups defensively, uh, and you can basically. Uh, just say who guards LeBron, and that is an issue by itself. <laughs> That's a good question to ask. <laughs> because you can live with uh, Noel Adams Gallinari taking chances on Anthony Davis and the other guy who plays there. Uh, Gallinari already showed that for like very very short minutes he can hold on a guy like Anthony Davis, and I'm not very worried about him guarding a guy like. Um, Javel McGee, maybe Howard a little bit more because of mm-hmm. the physicality, but like Gallo is not horrible at that. So, but but, but the issue is who guards LeBron James? Uh, and if Dort is your answer and you're confident, I'm not. Like LeBron James is probably like one of the players that can expose your weaknesses to the highest level. I mean, mm-hmm. Dort can surely try, but LeBron will find a way to put Dort in a position where he can fail. And you have to you have to be like an, an absurd defender in order to have a real shot to LeBron James. And so to me, if you couple the fact that you don't have uh, a guy that could guard LeBron unless Robertson somehow is 100%, uh, and the fact that you don't have a guy that can guard Anthony Davis uh, for long stretches, and that is... The, t- the two things creates a matchup nightmare. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Lakers are third in net rating since January 1st, third in defense, and they're ninth in offense. Yeah. And they have LeBron, and yeah. they've got decent role players. I mean, Danny Green is a great role player to have around him. And Anthony Davis and... <laughs> Like we mentioned earlier, I mean, he's done a lot more with a lot less. I know he's younger, but still, I mean, LeBron, you watch him this year 
And in short spurts, I mean, there's nobody better. There's still nobody yeah. better. I mean, he's probably yeah. the smartest NBA player in the league. And he's still incredibly physical and can do it all. And we don't yeah. don't have a big wing to guard him. Darius Baisley isn't ready yet, guys. Basically, oh, said ready. No, 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 no. <laughs> LeBron will post him up. I think like ten possessions in a row, he will make eight to nine baskets because LeBron is. I remember like Bogdan Bogdanovich being taught as like a LeBron stopper for six games, yeah. and then in game seven, he embarrassed him. He just bullied him in the post, scored a gazillion points, and, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And and Bogdanovich is way stronger. Well, at least. He, he's stronger and more experienced than than Baisley. Bogdanovich, even if he doesn't have a, a, an extremely long NBA career, he was playing grown-ups since he, like, when he was 16 in Croatia. Like, that is hard for a kid. <laughs> so, yeah. like, he, he had a long career in Europe and a tough one. So, like, he knows how to guard players. And yet, and still, LeBron James just dismantled him. Uh, in the post. So we basically would happen the same since game one. And I don't think he, he could have a chance. Maybe Gallo could have a chance for like five minutes in the post against him because Gallo is beefy, even if like he doesn't seem like a very strong guy. Gallo, I think, has good strength. Um, but but yeah, I mean, not having a big wing is, is tough when you face LeBron James. Yeah, no question. They're actually my number two team. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And a few reasons why. And but first, I need to touch on the Thunder's numbers since January 1st, which mm-hmm. are very, very interesting. If you are on the fence about the Thunder and how good they are, just listen up. Since January 1st, the Thunder 8th in net rating, Eighth in defense and fifth in offense in the NBA. Wow. That's a that's not a tiny sample size. No. It's three and a half months of basketball. And they were the eighth best team in the NBA with a top top ten offense, top ten defense. Actually a top five offense. So I mean if we're we're talking about so I can go through the teams in, that rank in, in net rating, which is your offense and your defense, um, your offense minus your defense. Uh, Bucks are number one, 8.3 net rating. The Raptors are number two, 7.4. Mm-hmm. Lakers, three, 7.3. Clippers, four out of 5.9. Boston, 4.4. Dallas, which is another interesting one, 4.3. Utah Jazz. 4.2 and then OKC 4.1. Yeah, which is very very interesting. Grizzly yeah, plus 4 plus 4 is almost like a 50 50 55 yeah. win pace. Yeah. And and facing a, the tougher part of their schedule. Yep. Which is extremely important to remember. Like in that span they faced the crop the, the best like the best teams they had like a, a stretch, stretch like that at the beginning, at the very beginning, when, where they struggled. Then a very easy one for like, I would say, six weeks. And then the tough part. So being the eighth best team in that span, it's, it's important. 
Yeah. And and at one of the teams that's ahead of them in Utah, I mean, Utah's not the same team. No. I mean, Bogdanovich was a huge part. Their offense is what made them great during that stretch. And he is a huge part of their offense. 20-point score. Mm-hmm. And you you get to replace him with Joe Ingles. Yeah, that's great. Joe Ingles is not a 20-point score. No, no, it's not. It's not as as willing as a shooter as Bogdanovich is. Bogdanovich will let him fly in no time. Ingles is not like that. He can take shots, but he's not a guy who takes like eight trees, nine trees, ten trees a game. Yeah, Bogdanovich is that guy. Yeah, shooting ridiculous percentages as well. Exactly, like 43, 44. I don't know how how well he shot this year, but he's a forty plus caliber shooter yeah. that you have to guard consistently because he will put volume if he dare him to shoot. Yeah. Now this season, 41% from three yeah. on 7.3 attempts. Yeah. 7.3 as an average is like <laughs> a huge number. It means that on any given night, he can go for 12, 13 trees, which yeah. is quite a lot. Yeah. It's, it's like Gallo. Like you don't leave Gallo open period. Mm-hmm. He will... As soon as he has like, like a split second where you are not close to him, he will shoot it. He is definitely their Gallo. Yeah. And if the Thunder lost Gallo, they would be in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> they would not be this team with a four point one net rating and a top top five offense and top ten defense. They would not be they would not even be close to that. Uh, anyways, so I have the Clippers number yeah. one. For this reason, is that I think they can force the Thunder to play small, mm-hmm. and it takes one of the Thunder's best players off the floor in Stephen Adams. And I think against the Lakers, the Thunder can play their their best five guys. Hmm. I don't think that OKC has to downsize against the Clippers. That's what I worry about. <laughs> That's what I worry about, though. I worry I would that not do that. I would absolutely not do that. Yeah, I just that's where that's why I, that's why I worry is that I just don't know if if Steve-O is the right guy to be in the game against the Clippers. Um, well, the point is, in order to exploit like the small ball, um, you have to to try to 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 get the other team to switch and even if Kawhi and pg are extremely good in terms of ball handling and stuff like that i don't think that their most the the, the premier goal or their, of their possession is to generate switches like Kawhi can get to his shot in isolation many many times yeah. and and it's not really a quick iso or anything so i don't have old like it's not that that steven like in isolation against Kawhi is horrible it's not steph curry it's not like james harden who goes into like a contested step back three he's another kind of player Kawhi is so i think that if you if you have shay and dort starting against um their their wings and you have gallo uh, like guarding Beverly or something like that, I don't think you are in bad shape. Granted, 
you need to have prime Chris Paul on defense because he yeah. will have to guard like uh, tough assignments. But but still, like depending on, on, on where like who they start uh, as the other ball handler, I don't know, probably not Lou Williams. So it would be Shamet or Reggie Jackson or whoever. Shamet may not travel. Oh, right, right. Because of COVID. Yes, mm-hmm. I read the news. Um so I think I, I really think that that would not be an issue. Um, this doesn't mean that, like to me, they were toe and toe the Lakers and the Clippers in terms of the worst opponent because they are yeah. just better team than you. Period. But I'm I'm not worried about downsizing downsizing uh, against the Clippers all that much. Yeah, I mean I worry about the Lakers and who guards LeBron, but you have to ask yourself who guards LeBron, who guards Kawhi and Paul George. To me, is Dort and Shea, and that's it. Yeah, and and, and you think Shea's ready for that? Uh, no, because Shea got half of guarding the league, Paul, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I don't know. Even even Kawhi. I mean, the point is, in order to guard PG, you need to to be shifty in terms yeah. of screens, Very and shifty. I, and I like Dort in that spot. Yeah, um, in order to guard Kawhi. I mean, you have to be great, but Kawhi gets to his shot, period. So I'm not saying that guarding Kawhi is easier, but it requires a different set of techniques that I think Shea has. Shea can bother you with he, with his length because he's there. Mm-hmm. He, he is long. He has long arms and he's not like he, probably Kawhi will will try to post him up. But if if what you get from Kawhi is posting up, I'm OK. I'm re- I'm really OK with mm-hmm. that. Um, because you take away, I mean, Shea is okay in guarding like a jumper off the dribble. I yeah. trust him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I, I'm not saying that it will be wildly successful, but to me, against LeBron, they are just hopeless. <laughs> against yeah. Kawhi, maybe like they are not in the best crop of defenders for Kawhi um, because there are, are, again, very few. But they can be there without causing other troubles. They can guard Kawhi being ineffective because Kawhi is awesome, but they don't create other issues. Like Shea guarding LeBron James will create other issues on top of the fact that that LeBron will score on him because, like – I trust the defense not to send a double team when Kawhi is guarded by Shea. I don't trust like the team not sending a double when Shea is on LeBron James. Right. Yeah, that's true. I think that makes sense. This is where you'd want Andre. Honestly, yeah. like, this is where this is where you want Andre is to guard Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. If you could get any semblance of of Dre, I think that's yeah. that's that's where you that's where you want to play him. Yeah, I I still am more scared of the Clippers than the Lakers for for the reasons that I said. I think that they put the Thunder in a in a more difficult position having to guard two really good wings. I think it's a really bad matchup for for Steven because the Thunder never did. I mean, when when do the Thunder dictate matchups? I mean, it just doesn't really happen. I feel like it always happens to the Thunder and especially to Steven Adams in particular. Uh, yeah. And then they've got the guys to defend the three-guard lineup. I mean, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard yeah. can guard the three-guard yeah. lineup. Whereas the Lakers, 
they're always going to have a weak link out there that the Thunder can exploit. And Danny Green is one. And then you have, obviously, you have Anthony Davis in the middle. And then you have LeBron. But the, the other guy is a wild card. Yeah, but Casey, KCP is not a bad defender. Yeah, but he's, he's, uh, not, he's not Beverly or Paul George or Kawhi. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure, sure. I mean, yes. Yes. Um, I think that. Again, they are even to me. I just put the Lakers on because they have LeBron, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, and I get that. I um, I mean, I was on, on the fence. But what it comes down to is that these teams are going to be really good. <laughs> the Thunder don't want to play either one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Thunder did beat the Clippers at home. They've lost all three games to the Lakers, including the Kyle Kuzma game. Where what an amazing night that was. <laughs> Gosh, that was so brutal. I had to do After Dark after that. It was, like, very, very bad. <laughs> I know. I hate, I hate doing After Dark on nights like that where you're just like, I don't know, guys. Sorry about this. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry you have to listen to me. Sorry you had to watch that. Uh, let's uh, let's wait. Let's let's hold off. We discussed these, these two teams and how they match up against the Thunder. And let's let's save the rest for next Monday. So we'll really? talk about talk so about. we're not discussing the Kings at number three. Do the Kings? That's a tough <laughs> matchup, man. That's a tough matchup for OKC. We'll discuss the Sacramento Kings and how they match up with the Thunder next week. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great Monday, a great start of your week. Make sure that you subscribe to the Athletic. You can get forty percent off an annual subscription when you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk. Uh, it would mean a whole lot if you would do that for, for us today. And also, if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone, it is incredibly easy. Click the Purple Podcast app, search down to dunk, hit five stars, you're done. That's all I need you to do. If you leave us a message, that would also be very nice. We'd appreciate that. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.